0: Welcome to Baldhead Bible Podcast, making the Bible come to life, featuring the expository story preaching of Dr. John Katzen. Joshua, I can imagine, was hiding behind a rock, and he looks out. There it is, the massive city of Jericho then he starts at the bottom and he looks all the way up and look how tall those walls are they're huge And he thinks back to that time when he came over to this land originally 40 plus years ago with caleb and the 10 other spies and he remembers the 10 other spies saying, hey, the walls are a mile high. Most of their cities are surrounded by these huge walls. We can't defeat them. And how Joshua and Caleb said, yes, we can. We got to live by faith. But when Joshua looked at these walls, he remembered those spies and thought, yeah, they're right. These walls are huge. I don't know if we can defeat them. I honestly don't know if we can. And he was probably thinking to himself, we, all we have are spears and swords and bows and arrows how are we supposed to get in there how are we supposed to get over those massive walls and then he thinks they've probably got food in there for years we can't defeat the king in jericho and i wonder if his faith begins to waver then he hears a sword being pulled from its sheath and he turns around and he sees a man A man with his sword drawn and he starts to run over to him and he says, Hey, are are you one of us or are you an adversary who is out to destroy us? Basically asks him, Who are you? Then the man says, I am the commander of the army of the Lord. Now I have come. And Joshua, his sword raised, was about to engage this man in the battle. But when he heard that voice, and when he heard he was the commander of the army of who? The Lord? It says that Joshua drops his sword and falls his face to the earth, and he begins to worship him. And begins to pay homage because he realizes that voice, I've heard it before. You know when I've heard that voice? When God would come down to Moses and talk to him as friend to friend, you knew who was there quite often, Joshua. You know who was quite often there when Moses met with Yahweh? It was Joshua. And he heard that voice and here, the commander of the army of the Lord. I think when he heard that verse, he realized this isn't just some divine being. This isn't just some angel. This is God himself. One of the ways that's conveyed to us as the reader is it says there in Joshua that he had drawn his sword in his hand. The exact phrase is a man was standing before him with his drawn sword in his hand. That phrase, drawn sword in his hand, only occurs two other times in the Old Testament. And each time... It's the angel of Yahweh. It's the sense of this God who is about to lead his people in the battle both times. And I think here the writer of Joshua is trying to convey that this is almighty God. Many people think this was God himself, Yahweh, ready to lead his people in the battle. Other people think, no, this is Jesus Christ pre-incarnate before he was born ready to lead the army of the lord into battle on behalf of joshua and the commander of the army of the lord says joshua take off your shoes because where you are standing is holy ground take off your sandals because where you're standing is holy ground and so he takes off his sandals and joshua starts to worship him And then joshua says what does my lord say to his servant what do you want me to hear and then the commander of the army of the lord lays out one of the most bizarre battle plans you could ever think of the lord himself says to joshua you want to hear what i have to say all right here it is and so Joshua, this is what I want you to do. I want you to take your army. And I want you to lead out with a little bit of the army at the front. And I want you to take them in a long procession, a big parade. And I want you to walk around the walls of Jericho six times. And I want you to walk around it on day one. I want you to walk around the walls of Jericho once and then go back home. But in that procession, you got to have part of your army out front holding some banners, proudly marching. Then I want behind them seven priests blowing seven trumpets. Then behind those seven priests, I want some priests carrying the Ark of the Covenant, the symbol of my presence. And then behind them, I want the rest of your army taking up the rear guard. But listen, they can't say a word. They have to be incredibly quiet. Once you march around the walls of Jericho once, on the first day, I want you to go back home. Then I want you to march around the walls of Jericho on the next day once, and then go back home. I want you to march around the walls of Jericho once a day for six days. And then on the seventh day, This is what I want you to do. And then the commander of the army of the Lord lays out this fantastic plan on what is going to happen on the seventh day. And I think Joshua would have gotten up, headed back to camp and thought, wow, this is bizarre. But number one, he would have thought, I'm not going to lose faith anymore because I've got the army of the Lord on my side. I think Joshua was looking at the whole situation with human eyes and he forgot that there is a supernatural power working on his behalf. And I think at the moment of his discouragement, when he thought, there's no way we're going to take out these walls, the Lord himself shows up supernaturally to point to Joshua, don't be afraid. You've got a divine power army fighting on your behalf this is a physical battle in the human realm in the natural realm but this is also a supernatural battle led by the army of the lord and i'm its commander and i'm here to tell you we are fighting on your behalf do not be discouraged and number two i think when he went back to the camp he thought man have i got an exciting though bizarre battle plan for us And the next day, he gets his army together, and imagine, it's the break of dawn, the sun's just coming up over the hill, the king of Jericho has got his whole army on top of the wall, ready to fight, ready to shoot arrows at the gate to push him back, and here he hears the troops marching, Trump, 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 Trump. Trump. He hears the Israeli army starting to march. Trump, Trump. And I can imagine the the, the king of Jericho is getting his army ready. All right, get ready to fight. Here they come. And he hears them marching. And then he sees this long procession coming towards him. And then instead of charging him and running at the walls, they take a right. Or maybe they took a left. It doesn't really say. if They went round Jericho clockwise or counterclockwise. But I think they took a left and went around it clockwise. And they started marching. And then the seven priests blew their seven trumpets. And they began to blow and play. The trumpets back then were made out of animal horns of some kind. They would have been small or big, depending on the size of the horn, but it would have been loud, and they marched around it, and people think it would have taken them 30 minutes to march around the whole wall, and I can imagine as they're marching, the king is following them, and a couple of his aides are also going along with them, and they go around the whole wall, and then, oh, they're going around the back. What are they doing? And then they follow them all the way around the other side, and then they come back to where they started, and then they march back home. What, the king of Jericho thought that was the most bizarre thing I ever saw? Because the only noise they had were the marching of the feet, the blowing of the trumpets. But otherwise, everybody was completely silent. God commanded them. You couldn't say a word. And being a talkative person like myself, I would want to say in the middle of the army, hey, we're going to fight them. We're going to kill them. I would have been encouraging each other. No, can't say a word. And they marched back home. Well, the next day, Joshua gets his army up. And I wonder if he just told them what they needed to do today. I don't think he laid out the whole battle plan. And he just told them what they need to do today. And they get back up and they start marching. Trunk, 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 trunk. And they start blowing their trunks. And they walk around the whole walls of Jericho. Takes them 30 minutes and then they head back home. And I think the king of Jericho begins to laugh. What in the world is this? And the high fives of the men's. I think they're scared of us. What, are we going to be afraid of them marching and blowing horns in the Ark of the Covenant? That's ridiculous. Well, day three comes around, and here comes the army of Israel. I bet they're going to fight now. And they take a left, and led by the front army, and then behind them are the seven priests blowing their seven trumpets and then here comes the ark of the covenant and then behind the ark of the covenant is the rear guard and they just march around but i think this time the king of jericho and some of his men start mocking them hey why don't you like fight us like some real men and maybe they shoot an arrow at them chunk And maybe, you know, they're far enough out that the arrows can't reach them, but it might frighten them a little. Maybe somebody threw a spear. Hey, come and get us. (laughs) Ha ha. I can't do anything against us. You call this fighting? Hey, great marching. Hey, great marching, you big pansies. Why don't you come fight us? Ooh, good trumpet playing there, priest number four. But you know what? I'm not impressed. Ah, And they all start laughing and high-fiving and day three they go back home day four they come out marching again they march around and they go back home day five and then day six you know And by this time they are really maybe they have signs up that says you know hey israeli army can't fight you know hashtag wimps Hashtag, you need a new tune. Maybe they got sick of the same trumpet town tune being played over and over and over again, you know, and they're just like, this is ridiculous, day six, and then they march and go back home. Maybe the King of Jericho is thinking, we've got this. I was worried about this Jewish army. I was worried about the, the, these people led by Joshua. Yeah, they crossed the River Jordan, but maybe that was their biggest thing in their bag of tricks. Maybe that was it. And they, I'm not going to be afraid of him at all. And then day seven. Day seven rolls around. And in comes Joshua. And they're marching. And they take a left and they march around the walls of Jericho. And then 30 minutes later, instead of going back home, they march around the walls of Jericho again. And then they come back and then instead of going home. They march around the walls of Jericho again and the king of Jericho and his army is like, "Oh wow, they're getting tough, are ya?" Ha. Four times. Wow, ooh, I'm scared. Woo. Oh, five times. Oh, whoa! Six times. Hey, you're really making my knees knock together. And then finally they walk around it seven times and then stop. Because now is the time when they are going to see one of the greatest miracles that we have ever heard about in the history of mankind. Because little did they know that the commander of the army of the Lord told Joshua that on day seven, I want you to march around the walls of Jericho seven times. Now seven They also had seven trumpets and seven priests. And on the seventh day, they marched around it seven times. Guess what? Seven is a pretty important number to Yahweh. It is the sign of completion. It is the sign of perfection. He created the world in six days and rested on the seventh. This is an important number. And number two, by walking around it six days in a row and not saying a word. By walking around it seven times in a row on the seventh day and not saying a word. What's about to happen can only come from God. What's about to happen is going to give great glory to Yahweh. Because what was about to happen was this joshua said when we march on the seventh day today we're marching around seven times but i want you to be quiet until i yell out shout i yell out shout to the lord i yell out shout make your voices heard then i want you army to give me a battle cry like i've never heard before i want you to yell out for the lord and for joshua i want you to yell out Rah! i want you to yell out whatever gets you ready for battle i want you to yell that and to scream that at the top of your lungs when i yell shout after we've marched around 7 times yell it for the glory of god and so they stopped after march around seven times and joshua says for the lord and for joshua and all the army yells "Ra, they all start yelling at the top of their voice you know what happens i think the army of Jericho started to laugh. <laughs> now they're yelling. Oh, I'm really scared. Maybe the king of Jericho himself said, This is ridiculous, isn't it? Oh, he felt it. The walls started to rumble. They started to crack. These mighty walls that were going to stand for generations. And all of a sudden. <laughs> The walls started to fall down. Now, not all the walls came down, just in certain parts. Why do I know that? Well, archaeological evidence seems to indicate they all fell down in portions, you know? But secondly, who was living in one of those walls? Who had an apartment in one of those walls with a scarlet thread hanging out the window? Do you remember? Rahab, right? Rahab, the two spies said, you bring your family and whoever you want to save into this apartment in the wall, Rahab. As long as you are in this apartment, when we come to battle, you are safe. And so I think her apartment in that part of the wall stood up safely and part of the wall just crumbled down and Joshua Rah! and the army Rah! and they ran through the various parts of the wall that had fallen down the israeli army went into jericho and put the town to complete destruction it says in joshua that they devoted it to complete destruction And that was one of the commands of God. When you go in to take back the promised land, Joshua, whoever you fight, whatever city you go into, I need you to devote it to complete destruction, which means I need you to kill every man, every woman, and even every child. I need you to wipe them out. I need you to kill their cattle. I need you to completely destroy them. Only keep silver and bronze and gold, and then put it into the treasury of our Lord. But everything else, I need you to completely wipe them out. Show no mercy to anyone. Now, why would they do that? Earlier on, before they went into the promised land, in the book of Deuteronomy, Moses was encouraging his people, if you do this, if you wipe them out, then God will bless you. God will bless you upon bless you upon bless you. But if you don't, if you don't obey God and you pursue yourself and you pursue other things, guess what? God's going to send you curses. You've got to obey God in this. Why are they doing this? Well, number one, God asked them to do it. Yahweh said, you've got to wipe them out. And many people believe the reason God asked them to wipe them out were for two reasons. Number one. It was a prophecy that God made all the way back in the book of Genesis to their forefather Abraham. He said, someday this promised land is going to be inhabited by your people, but not until the sin of the Gentiles, or basically the non-Jewish people, not until the sin of the people living in that land had come to completion, had reached a certain level, And so many people think the sin that these people were committing, the Canaanites, the Hivites, the Jebusites, the Amorites, the sin that they were doing in this land was so bad, so horrible, that as a culture, it destroyed them to the point that it was doing horrible things to them. And God said, I can't have this in my world. We've got to wipe this out. There's no coming back for this culture. And You've got to get rid of him, Israel. You've got to be my people and wipe him out. Their sin had come to completion, to fullness. And other people think, and I think it's true as well, that remember, the commander of the army of the Lord showed up. This is a supernatural battle. The promised land is God's land. It's his land, right? The promised land is supernatural territory. It is God's holy territory. This is Yahweh's land, and he has to push the people out who are worshiping other gods. He's got to show the other gods, hey, you don't own Jericho. I do. You don't own this land. I do. I am the one true God. Get out of here. And then thirdly, They had to wipe them all out because God said, if you leave behind pockets of these people who worship other gods, they're going to seduce you to worship their God. They're going to want you to come to their religion and you will, you'll be tempted to leave the worship of the one true God. So we have got to wipe them out. I just want to say sin is consequences and God will judge And right now we are living in an age where God has graciously given us the church to spread his message to the whole world. But one day God will come back as judge. Jesus died on the cross so that we could have eternal life. And his salvation is for all. But one day Jesus will return as judge. And he will enact justice And it will not be pretty. And I pray. I pray that you know the Lord is your Savior. And not your judge. Well God used the Jewish people to judge these tribes. That were pursuing these horrible things. And the Jewish people went in. And they wiped them out. And it says they kept silver and gold and bronze. And put it in the treasury of the Lord. And then. It says that Joshua... says to the two spies go in and find Rahab and in the middle of all this fighting rah, people die and in come the two spies and they look okay which apartment was Rahab in again where oh there it is there's the red cord and they run in and there's Rahab the one who had saved their life and I can imagine a big hug oh I'm so glad to see you again and the two spies got Rahab and her family and her father's house everybody in that apartment got them all out safely and it says they're in Joshua that Rahab and her descendants live in Israel to this day they were safe in the middle of this judgment what kept them safe faith in God faith in Yahweh in the middle of this battle what brought down the walls of Jericho faith in God faith in Yahweh. It says in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 30, by faith, the walls of Jericho fell. This whole battle was by faith. Joshua, are you going to put your faith in Yahweh and fight the way he wants you to? Or are you going to pursue things in your own flesh? People of Israel, are you going to live by faith and trust Yahweh and trust Joshua who told you what Yahweh wants? Are you going to put your faith in him or are you going to say, this is nuts, I'm out of here. Let's fight like normal people. Rahab, are you going to live by faith and not leave this apartment till this fighting is over? Are you going to live by faith that God is going to keep his promises? Rahab, Israel, Joshua, they all live by faith. And it brought rewards and it brought wonder. But Joshua, after the battle is over, I can imagine he's standing on the heap of stones of the walls. And he says, if anybody tries to rebuild Jericho, I curse them. If they try to rebuild the wall, they're going to lose their firstborn son. If they try to rebuild the gate, they're going to lose another son. I curse this city. And you know what? Hundreds of years later, that curse came true. Because it says in 1 Kings chapter 16, A man tried to rebuild the city of Jericho, and as he was trying to rebuild the wall, and as he was trying to build the gate, guess what? He lost two sons. They died because he was trying to defy God by rebuilding this evil city of Jericho, and that curse came true like i said he faced the judgment of god why because he was a man who was not living by faith he was a man who was not living for the glory of yahweh instead he was a man who was living for himself and wow the city is destroyed the city is wiped out The faith of the Israelites is confirmed. The faith of Joshua is confirmed. Yes, they defeated Jericho in an amazing battle. But now Joshua looks over. The next city they had to face was just over the horizon. You know what the name of that city was and the great forces they'd have to meet to defeat that city the name of that city well if you come back next week we'll find out what the name of that city is and what happens with that battle but i just want to encourage you today no matter what you're facing i don't know what your walls of jericho are trust in god when you think about that great big wall that it seems insurmountable and that there's no way you can defeat it, live by faith maybe it's some disease maybe it's some sickness maybe it's some financial burden maybe it's some spiritual struggle some defeating sin that you cannot get a handle on and you lose to it over and over and over again and you're about ready to give up i just want you to imagine the commander or the army of the lord standing right beside you you know what his name is his name is jesus And if you know the Lord is your savior, he is standing by your side and he's got the army of the Lord ready to fight for you. My second question is, are you living by faith? Are you putting your faith in him? Are your circumstances? And then thirdly, are you in the word of God? Are you studying what it means to live by faith? Are you trying to get those verses into your life? You know, I would encourage you, memorize scripture. It pays dividends. It is the way to fight this fight of faith with the sword of the Lord. And what is that sword? His word, the Bible. Study it, know it, know what you believe so that you, like Joshua can fight by faith. Thank you for listening to Baldhead Bible Podcast. If you have any questions or comments, we would love to hear from you. You can comment on our Facebook page or email us at baldheadbible@gmail.com. At if you would like to support this podcast, please check out our Patreon page at www.patreon.com/baldheadbible. Baldhead Bible Podcast, making the Bible come to life. New episodes added every week.